So the Lord is in the midst of us. You plus Jesus is all you need. That ought to be enough for everybody. Sometimes people don't want to accept Jesus. They don't want Jesus. They want some of everything else. Hallelujah. But Jesus, he ought to be the focus of all of our lives. Amen. Hallelujah. This, this today, and we are going to be receiving our communion uh, at the end of our service on today. And, and you know, for those of you that, that are standing and believing God for healing or other situations and circumstances in your life, as we receive the communion today, this will be our first official communion together for this year. Uh, we want you to start it out on a good note. Amen. And we're going to receive our communion at the close of our service on today. Uh, but right now, we're going to go to the word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. As you well know, um, in our Bible studies, and I'm just getting a little, a little bit ahead of myself here as well. Uh, but let's go to the Word of God. If Exodus, Exodus, chapter 28, the Old Testament. Amen. Whoops. Exodus, chapter 28. Amen. In verse 30, you will find that on page 115. If you have the same, same uh, King James. Amplified Parallel Bible that I have, Exodus chapter 28 and verse 30. Say amen when you get it, amen? amen. I think maybe from time to time we're going to bring back the first one that gets that scripture. Stand up. We're going to have a little something for you, amen, when we do our sword drills, amen. So we're going to institute that uh, at some point here, uh, beginning over the next few weeks like we used to do. You remember how we used to do that? Whoever got the scripture first stood up. Amen, pastor, had the word of God and had it and could prove it. They got a little something. Amen. Hallelujah. So here we are. Exodus chapter 28, verse 30. And thou shalt, shall put in the breastplate of judgment the Urim and the Tumim. And they shall be upon Aaron's heart when he goeth in before the Lord. And Aaron shall bear judgment of the children of Israel upon his heart before the Lord continually. Yes. There is a lot here in this particular uh, verse that we really want to look at and explore. And I know that I won't have... Uh, ample opportunity to do that on today. Uh, so we will, where we leave off today, we will continue the next time we're together. But now there's an interesting word here, and usually when you hear this word, people begin to shake and shudder because it really does something to them in their psyche. And there's a word here, and it says, and Aaron shall bear the judgment of the children of Israel upon his heart before the Lord continually. Now, I remember in the old church, and every time we got together, and whenever the praise broke out, there was a song that we used to sing. And that song was, Somebody Prayed for Me. They had me on their mind. 
they took the time and prayed for me. I'm so glad they prayed. I'm so glad they prayed. I'm so glad they prayed for me. It's a wonderful thing to know that somebody's praying for you. Amen. In fact, we have a great intercessor. Amen. Who is always praying and interceding for us and in our behalf 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So now this word here, if you have your Bibles, underline that word judgment. And people began to shimmer and they began to shake and quake whenever that word judgment is brought up. But judgment refers to the decision-making progress. It is a process. The decision-making progress. So now some other words here that for those of you that have been in the Bible study and you know that um, and you know how to pronounce these words correctly. So also in this particular verse, the word urim means light or lights. And the word tumim means perfection. So these two words together, urim and tumim, they speak of seeing the true light in a perfect way. You know, and that's what we should be doing on this particular month. You know, we should be setting our foundation anew and aright so that we will be able to see the, the true light in a perfect way. Have you ever been lost as you travel? Anybody ever been lost as you've been traveling? Now, one of the things I pride myself in, if you've ever traveled with me, been in a car with me, you know I've got this built-in GPS system. And it's just a supernatural thing. And I can get to anywhere, anytime. You can call me up on the phone and say, Pastor, how can I get to this place? How can I get to that place? Well, you know, all right, where are you right now? Okay, well, this is what you do. Get out there, go two lights, make a left, go three blocks, make another right, go straight on about a half mile, look over to your right or to your left, bam, you'll find what you need. I can even do that in the dark. In fact, I've been in some places on the earth without any street signs, without any, 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 any street lights, uh, without any, 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 any clear roads or highways or any of those things, and thank God. I was able to be able to find my way, you know, through all of those places. But I dare say that I have been lost a time or two as we travel. In fact, Pastor Dora and I, uh, as we traveled over the holidays, when we left New Jersey and, and uh, uh, you know, we, we traveled uh, from New Jersey down to Virginia, and uh, we had a very enjoyable experience uh, as well. But then we took another, another mode of transportation when we left um, uh, Virginia going to Florida. And in the meantime, uh, my GPS system, my portable GPS system that I had, um, I turned it off because I didn't need it, you know, from that point on. So by the time we got to Florida by our chosen means of transportation, got back in the car and turned the GPS on so that we could now go to, you know, to our, to our vacation place, uh, um, and I, I, I turned the GPS on and, and, 
It was frozen. It was locked. Okay. Oh, it's interesting. Couldn't get that thing to unfreeze. And in fact, if there had been a, uh, a, a, a river or a bridge that was close by, it probably would have taken a dive into the river. So Pastor Dora decides that she was going to call back here. So she called back here to New Jersey, and here we are in Florida. She's calling back to New Jersey to try to find directions and find out how we can get this thing unlocked so that, uh, you know, we could continue on our way. Ultimately, as we're driving, it did wake up and decided, oh, I'm not in Virginia or New Jersey anymore. Oh, I'm in Florida, so maybe I better get with the program. Well... <laughs> So we have been lost a time or two on our travel, but we weren't lost in that particular, uh, that particular instance. It just made for good, it made for good excitement and good drama as we started our wonderful, well-planned-out vacation. So if you've ever been lost as you've traveled, the question I have to ask you, and some folk can get lost in their own house. I was kidding with somebody the other day, and I said, well, I know an individual that gets lost in our house, they can't even find the kitchen. So if you've ever been lost as you've traveled, was that a memory or a horror to you? And I would dare say to most people, it would have been a horror. But perhaps you are one of those individuals, perhaps you are one of those particular people who, who, who likes to ask for directions. Or maybe you just may be uh, someone who likes to find their own way within any, without anybody's help. Amen? But whether you're one of those people or not, I think that all of us, all of us as people of God, uh, we like to exert our male or our female uh, qualities of independence when it comes to asking for directions. Most men care how lost they could be lost, as old folks used to say, as 40 dogs. They won't, they won't admit it and say, well, no, we're just going a different way. Although I've never been this way before, but we're going to get where we're going, you know, and all of those kinds of things. But I believe that, that, that you know, people, and they're failing to ask for directions when they're lost. Uh, it's, not, it's not a male or a female thing. It's a human condition that all of us have to deal with and have had to deal with at some point or another. So the safest and I'm going to tell you this, but I also believe that the safest, the safest, the safest and most secure place in the world is within the will of God. No matter what you're going through, no matter how great things are going for you in your life and it seems like you have smooth sailing or whether you may be confronted with situations and circumstances that are not to your liking. My suggestion, my admonition is that you stay in, within the will of God and you'll always be safe and secure. And I also believe that all of us, we can be assured that we are in the will of God when we follow his divine directions for our lives. Now you see that graphic and that graphic says divine direction, title of the message. So again, we've been studying in the book of Exodus in our Wednesday night Bible study. 
And one of the truths of this particular study is that uh, we saw that the Israelites, the children of God, in their journey through the wilderness, uh, they weren't alone. And I think there are some lessons and some parallels in that for all of us. God dwelt with them and he gave them victory even in the wilderness. So now, I'm going to make this statement right up front. As long as you, people of God, stay in the will of God, follow his directions, no matter whether you're in the wilderness or you're on the main highway, stay on the Calvary Road and everything's going to be all right for you. Can I get an amen from somebody? Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right. Even sometimes it seems to me that uh, the children of Israel had it made in the shade. Uh-huh. Because when they had questions or whenever they needed any type of direction, they could go to the high priest who, in, in, in effect, would, would consult this, and I'm not going to get into all of that because we've studied it already. They consulted something called the Urim and the Thummim, all right? And that would give them the answer that they sought. So how did this Urim and, 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 and Thummim, how did it work? Well, evidently the Lord, he would make known the answer in some wonderful, miraculous, mysterious, and supernatural way through these particular lights that were in these stones that the high priest would wear over their hearts. All right? And you would think that this would be a wonderful, perfect solution for them. You know, uh, whenever they would have a problem, whenever they would have something, all right? They could go to the high priest. But the high priest was only able to be in one place at one time. Even the high priest was not supernatural. So therefore, if you were in Galilee, which was 100 miles from the temple that was in Jerusalem at that time, and if you had a question, now you couldn't fax the high priest. No, you, you, you couldn't do that. You couldn't call him on your cell phone or uh, you couldn't even get in your car and drive to Jerusalem to get direction from anybody that needed it. It was necessary for them to be able to leave their families, their livestock, and their crops in order to make a long and difficult journey. But there was something else that was even a greater priority than distance. The Urim and the Thummim could be consulted only concerning matters of grave consequence. If there was some underlying, uh, a very, very, uh, a cataclysmic situation or circumstance, then they would be able to go and consult the high priest and he would go in and consult these stones and they would be able to get an answer. But you couldn't go to the high priest and say, well, I don't know what my husband's coming home early and I didn't make dinner yet. Tell me what I need to do to cook dinner tonight. That didn't work. So consequently, the people would be very reluctant to bring their questions to the high priest. Because many times the high priest himself didn't have an answer. Mm. Think about that for just a minute. Hallelujah. But that's not like that amongst us as people of God. And I tell everybody, no matter what time of the day or night, you have a question concerning something, just call. 
Pastor Dora always has the answer available for you. <laughs> Hallelujah. So now, 1,500 years later, and we're fast forwarding right now, when Jesus came on the scene, it was a grand and, and, and glorious declaration that he made when he said, now you want to know what he said? Do you want to know what he said? Well, let's turn to John chapter 8, verse 12, and find out what Jesus said. Amen. Hallelujah. So far, so good. Everybody's following the divine direction. Page 1386. Hallelujah. If you have the same Bible that I have, say amen when you get it. Amen. Amen. This is what Jesus said. He says, I am the light of the world. All right. First part of that statement. Now, there's something else that's also part and parcel to that that's also in the Gospels. So now let's look at that and see what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 28, verse 20. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. So now he said here in verse 8, verse 12 of chapter 8 of John, he says, I am the light of the world. So now in Matthew chapter 28, verse 20, Jesus goes on to say that I am with you when? Always, even to the end of the world. So now concerning our priorities and following directions, Peter, Peter, the apostle Peter says, he didn't say, well, listen, when you're trying to get your life in order and you're trying to maintain a priority and all of us have priorities in our lives, Peter doesn't say, listen, whatever you do, people of God, don't go to God with the small stuff. So if Peter now didn't say, don't go to God with the small stuff, what do you think he did say? Well, let's find out what he did say. We're going to go to 1 Peter. 1 Peter 5 and verse 7. Say amen when you get it. Page 1612. Hallelujah. This is what Peter, the apostle, said. And I think Peter found this out the hard way. So he didn't say, don't go to God with the small stuff. Don't bother him with that. Peter says, cast all your care upon him for he cares for you yeah so people of God I want you to listen to me now so anytime or any place we need direction then all we need to do is just ask God how many of us are willing to do that whenever we need direction for any situation or circumstance in our lives, how many of us are willing to just ask God? It's just, it's just that easy. All of us probably have this app on our phone now, you know, whether you have an uh, whether they call that phone the iPhone or, and, and, or any other kind of Android phone, a smartphone, and whenever you have a question, whenever you need directions, you know, uh, you know uh, uh, any of those things, uh, you could just... Ask Siri, and it will tell you whatever the answer is. 
But there's something that's even more simpler than that. Just ask God. So then if we just ask God, how do you think that's going to work out practically in all of our lives? Well, let me tell you about that because I believe that God speaks to us, that God directs us in three. Everybody say three. Three particular ways. Now let's look at these three particular ways. The first of these ways that God, uh, he directs us, he speaks to us, is by impressions. Impressions of the heart. Impressions of the heart. Wow. So in the Old Testament, where there was these stones that would be able to give the priest direction over the heart of the priest, over the high priest. But now, because we are in this age of grace, this, 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 this age of dispensation in which we are in, the Lord gives direction not by a breastplate that's worn over the heart, but by the branding that he does upon our hearts, people of God. You say, well, I don't think my heart is branded. Well, let's turn to the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 31 and verse 33. Amen. Hallelujah. Say amen when you get it. Page 1007. And let's find out about these impressions of the heart and specifically what this means. Jeremiah 31 verse 33. But this shall be the covenant that I make with the house of Israel. And after those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law where? In their inward parts. And write it where? In their hearts. And will be their God, and they shall be my people. Hallelujah. Now there's something that I think sometimes we can even miss as people of God. Have you ever heard that expression and somebody says, well, the Lord laid this on my heart. And I think all of us have said that a time or two. And whenever I hear that, now I begin to perk up. Because I believe that they're, 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 there's something lacking or they're not really cognizant of what they're saying. You see, many times one word can change the tone and the intent of what a writer or a speaker is saying. So now the scripture says, he will says, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts. You see, what is easier to maintain and to hold on to if you were to put your money on your pocketbook? Would you do that? Where would you put your money? Hello, somebody, in your pocketbook. Where would you put your car keys? On the seat next to you? Or will you put them in your pocket? Why? Because you don't want them to get lost. So whenever we have the law of God in our hearts and not on our hearts, we'll never, ever get lost when it comes to doing what God wants us to do. Impressions of the heart. Well, you know, he says so here, he, he, he has this covenant, and he wants us to put his law in our inward parts and write it in our hearts. All of that's fantastic. 
Because I know that God declares that we'll know what we ought to do, not by some external stone, you know, but by impressions and desires that are within our hearts. It's got to be on the inside of you. Because the Bible tells us that greater is he that is not on us, but is in us. You can have it on you. But oh, people of God, you better have it on the inside of you. And if you have it in your pocket and you have a hole in your pocket. Uh-oh. But if you have it in your heart and it's written in your heart. You'll never, ever lose it. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Let me ask you a question. Why do we live in New Jersey? Can anybody tell me? I don't know. That's just because we're here in New Jersey. But why do we live in New Jersey? Well, let me give the answer. Because we want to. Amen? All right. Now. All right. Now. Now. Okay. Now, that was the, the communal answer. Because we want to live in New Jersey. New Jersey is the greatest state. Amen. In all of these United States. Amen. And we have the greatest governor of all the governors everywhere. <laughs> Talk to me now. Hallelujah. Everybody went. Amen. We're praying for him, though, are we not? Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, and by the way, uh, Pastor Dora and I, don't boo me down now, shout me down and, 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 and throw stuff at us. We were at the governor's mansion not long ago. When was that? November. Yeah, yeah we, we were at the governor's mansion in, in, back in November. But that's a, that's a whole other story. Amen. Anyway. All right. All right. So we live in New Jersey because we want to. Now, why am I standing before you? Why do I teach the Bible? Because I enjoy teaching the Bible, you see? I'm simple. Look, I'm just the kind of person, and I'm just simple enough to believe God's promise that if I delight myself in him, glory be to God, that he will put desires in my heart which conform to his perfect plan, purpose, and will for my life. And you know what? He'll do the same thing for you, people of God. So if you're not delighting yourself in the Lord, don't follow the desires of your heart because they'll lead you on a dangerous path to destruction. But if you'd say, like I say, well, I know I'm not perfect, but I do love the Lord and I want to delight in him. What do you think he will do? He'll give you light and direction. In other words, he'll put the urim and the thumim in your heart in your heart and not on your heart. Amen. I got 30 seconds left. Hallelujah. So we have just covered the impressions of the heart today. But we keep it in our hearts. No matter how hard your heart may be, when you open your heart up to the Lord, and say, Lord, I know that I have, 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 have missed it here and there, and I've missed the mark, and, and, and I've made some mistakes and not quite done what you wanted me to do. But starting right here, right now, today, this day, I'm going to turn it over newly. 
Lord, I'm going to ask you to take out this old, old stony heart and give me a heart of flesh, Lord. I'm going to open my heart to you and say, Lord, I want you to come into my heart and my life. I want you to be my Lord and Savior. Lord, I want you to direct me in everything that I should do from this point on. And you know what? He'll do it. Why? Because his ears are not heavy that he cannot hear. And his arms are not too short that he cannot hear. God loves you. He's for you. He's never against you. He's always with you. Thank you for listening to today's message. Visit www.rwolfc.com for articles, blog posts, message references, and our monthly calendar of events. 